Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. So before this week's episode, I'm trying something a little different. Um, I'm really excited about my next guest, but I wanna also share about two other podcasts that I absolutely love. And here's a little bit about them, and then we'll get right into the episode. Enjoy. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gaze in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited for my next guest. I found them on the social medias and we're actually connected through uh, a few people in NYC uh, with a lot of amazing work they're doing. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves and take it away. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Um, I am Miss Furman, Tatiana Furman, to be exact. And um, I go by she, her, Miss Aja, Queen. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm CEO of Bridges for Life, which is a nonprofit organization that focuses on uh, housing the TGNC community that's aging out of foster care system. Um, we service the indigenous black trans sex workers across New Jersey and in the New York area. And I sit as and serve as a chair president for the LGBTQ Work Center, New York chapter. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Sometimes when I talk to guests, they, the work that they do literally like moves the hell out of me. So <laughs> I, try uh, to, look, I, try, I try to keep it short because keep going it's like it's like you keep going and going and going like and i also you should keep going and going and going New York State, for your own review so it's like okay let's just keep it short i love <laughs> but it those are the main but those are the main things that i do um pretty much um ceo of bridges for life um which provides the services that we provide um you know chair president of the lgbtq work center and i sit on the board of directors for the New York State Peer Recovery Overview application. So, you know, I, I do a lot that to try, I try to sit myself in different tables so that I can um, be of good application for, you know, my community. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, you are, 
period. <laughs> you are doing, you're creating the space that you've created and, and your team of, of people that are with you um, are just doing God's Oh my God. Of whomever you believe. Um, amazing. I just want to take this time real quick to yeah. thank, um, being that you mentioned the team, Good. to thank um, NYU because a lot of the um, the volunteers and the students that I have working with me and the intern, um, you know, have been from all different parts. So okay. Brooklyn College, NYU, um, Illinois College, you know, um, I even have someone coming from Illinois to be a peer intern for me with me wow. for the summer. So, oh, you know, um, yeah, so I want to just thank everyone out there that has been educating the people to do this kind of work. So what, okay. Now let's learn a little bit about you and then we'll keep talking about the work. So what brought you to this? Like, how did you even come about this, this amazing program? And like, what, what's your story? What's your story? Where, where are you from? What's, oh. what's happening? So originally I'm from Yonkers, New York, YO, home of the brave, <laughs> rest in peace, DMX. <laughs> um, I moved from Yonkers to the city and started living my life as a transgender woman. Um, you know, trials, like trials and tribulation has brought me to the work that I'm doing now. However, before that, um, I became a client of an organization called the Alliance for Positive Change. Um, at the Alliance for Positive Change, actually, it's funny because I went there to be a client. I needed help and I needed services. When I went there, um, something happened. I, I got on the elevator. I seen a whole bunch of people that were looking just like me. Um, I seen trans people. I seen trans men. I seen gay people. I seen the LGBT community in all aspects. And I'm like, wait a minute. But then again, I seen a whole bunch of cisgender people. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know, I've never seen an organization where the two can collab and it's like, you know, everything was okay. I seen straight men smoking cigarettes outside with the LGBT community and, and you know, making jokes and laughing with them and everything. And I was like, wow, this organization is amazing. Um, I walked in there and and, and um, I seen people with book bags and, and I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, what is this building providing? And then come to find out they had, um, they had an eight weeks training program um that it's called it was called the prep it's called prep mm. and i was like immediately i was like oh screw becoming a client i want to be like part of this i want to like i want to be coming to school here i want to like learn i want to help i want to do what these people are doing and i started i started um taking my eight weeks training um i learned so much i learned about diversity i learned about oh my god it's so much because you think that um as as, as a transgender you would think that you would know, you know, the LGBT community. You think you would know mm -hmm, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the whole lingo type right. of thing. You know, they think that it's just like a lingo. Like, all you got to know is the lingo and that's it. You're in the community. There's so much more. That, uh, so, um, much, so much, so much. So much more. Uh, um, you know, I, I grew up with my girlfriends um, and, and we was comfortable calling each other trannies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned there that, you know, that, that's, that's a word that, that is very, you know, derogatory. And so it's I know. Isn't it crazy? The different times. It's so funny. You know, exactly. So it's kind of like, really? You know, when I was learning, I was like, who said what? Real offensive? I wasn't offended, but you know, everyone is different and everyone grows different. Everyone learns different. Everybody has, you know, um, different flaws that they cater to and, and, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, whatever tends to, 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 to have, to make them have a low self-esteem or whatever. So, you know, it's a lot of, um, it, the, 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 the ball part of me 
learning there educational wise was so big that I learned so much. And um, immediately I applied that and I started working there. I started working there as a peer intern doing patient navigation and um, um, doing uh, as a group facilitator. Oh my God, it was crazy. Cause it's like you, I literally was hired as a patient advocate there and I ended up doing so much work there. So much different work there that it was amazing, but I loved it because I learned so much. I learned how to do HIV testing. I learned how to oh, counsel wow. people. Wow. I learned how to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So every skill, literally every skill that I do now, every skill that I have, learn has literally been through the alliance for positive change they really they literally built me to become ceo of bridges for life from the bottom you know when i went there i was literally on drugs i was literally you know um faking until i make it i was Mm. literally you know depressed i was literally going in there with a smile and 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 cheering people on and then leaving there with tears in my eyes because i already knew what i was going back to you know um and you know it was just crazy and um they helped build me up they helped give me encouragement they helped uplift me um i became empowered oh my god i became the hero i am today so within a year within a year you know i i gained all this knowledge with them and i you know continued to work with them and they had and they kept empowering me kept um promoting me kept giving me different new tasks and different new things to learn and and you know and and dealing with different clients and whatnot that gave me all the experience that I have today. Now, the only thing that, um, that, I, that, that pushed me to leave there and, and to do the work that I'm doing today is that, um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes when, when you're dealing with certain organizations that are getting funding from like the state mm-hmm. or, um, Medicaid funding or yeah. just, you know, funding from different programs or whatever, those, all, all those fundings come with, with stipulations, you know, they come with stipulations to where, um, there's only, um, a target community that you can only service or whatever, mm-hmm. or there's an age population that you can only service, or, you know, there, there's a certain criteria for them to, um, to be able to qualify or, or whatnot, you know, and then um, BS credentials. All that. Say it again. BS credentials. Basically, it's so interesting to me because it's like it's humanity we're serving, and this is exactly. the queer. Like exactly. I don't know. So much, so much stipulation, so much credentials, so much things that's needed that sometimes makes it um, difficult to actually serve the the population that you're trying to serve correctly. Yeah. And 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 then with the transgender community, sometimes what happens with that is that we get tied into the LGBT. Q fund and that is not uh, um it, it doesn't ever help out because um we we as a transgender community and um the gc community and the gay community is three different spectrums with three different needs and three different worries you know so yeah. um you know so sometimes that becomes a problem and then what happens is that when you see these organizations that are getting fundings through different um, different states and, and and for different programming, they're they're they are they adapt to follow the rules. Well, they have mm-hmm. to unfortunately follow the rules, the rules of um, the qualifications and 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 you not being able to serve a, a certain population because oh you're 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 sorry you're not um, of age or oh you're twenty nine sorry is from thirty two to thirty eight or whatever you know that's so whatever. crazy to me yeah yeah who do you speak to. Like, who do you actually go to for who is in charge of that? I know the state gives you money, but for like funding. Yeah. For, like for fun, who, well, who, who do you speak to? Like who's the representative like uh, that you can so, actually voice your concerns with? So, 
yes, right? So it, it um, I mean, it depends who who, who are you uh, applying your funds from. But if um, organizations sometimes give you know mutual aid that um that you can apply for fundings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I get it because it's kind of like it's kind of like say for example me, right? Because at first I at first I didn't get it, right? Because it's kind of like before you become a businesswoman, you some there's, there's some things that you just don't know or don't understand right. or you look at it like what x y and z but then when you're in it you kind of like come to understanding because it's kind of like okay i get it because if somebody gave me a million dollars and say hey this is specifically for you to give the organization um to, to um to give to the clients in your organization that is indigenous that is, that is in need of this money and i would love um a full report back with um receipts on every penny that was spent and how it was spent right yeah so yeah. if i get this money if i get this money here it is Bridges for Life, an organization that literally um, services the population that are aging out of the foster care system. Literally, that's what I'm going to do, right? I'm going to go out there and help out the people that I know that's coming out of the foster care system and don't yeah. have nowhere to go. Yeah. But I, regardless of whether it is, if I got to um, um, help pay for Airbnb for two months until they get into a shelter or whatever, if, if, they just, if they just found a job and they don't have the proper attire, take them shopping, maybe give them a, a, a few suits that, that can um, better accommodate them to their job or, you know, whatever it is that I have to do to help them out that's the that's the population i'm going to target to help out right so now if here comes say for example um you know whatever uh, um so let's say lucy i know lucy from i used to work with lucy five years ago yeah and lucy and lucy has um a brother who came out of the um the 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 foster care system and it's in need of that same help that i'm servicing but then again lucy's brother is a cisgender man so You know, in, 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 in my eyes, me as a CEO, um, and, and, and my, my responsibility is to first service the community that I am targeting to service, right. which is the TGNC community. So I'm going to look at her like, well, girl, you know, I service the TGNC community. You know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. at the end of the day, I'm sorry. I can't really extend my help out to that person, but I can try to give you some, you know, some resources for what, for that person, you know, so that person can go get, go get some help. So it's kind of like that type of thing, you know? I get are, it. You, I get that. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you, you, you do have funding. to focus on, you have to focus exactly, on the thing. You know? I get it. Like, otherwise you'd be all over the place and actually people wouldn't take you serious if you didn't. If exactly. You so, so I, so I get it. I get it. But the problem with that is that sometimes that causes the, um, the community to, to receive crumbs yeah. and then the crumbs that they receive can only hold them back for two to three weeks or whatever it is. And then they got to come right back. So it's like, we're giving the community crumbs, enough crumbs to keep them stagnated, to keep coming back just because of funding, so funding purposes. A lot mm-hmm. of these organizations, what they do when they get a new funding and um, for a new program, they recycle the, um, the, um, the clients, the participants, sorry. Um, we try to move from the word client to participant. It Got gives it. our participants a better sense of, you know, control. They have more control of what they're doing. They're not a client that's in need, but a participant that's participating. Um, so, you know, for the participants, you know, it, beca- it, be- it becomes hard. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, the participants have to keep coming back and forth for that same help because they're just giving them crumbs. So I kind of wanted to provide... Um, a building, a service, an organization that can provide all of these services and help them actually move forward, provide a door with a path that they can actually follow to not have to turn back and actually follow it to success. So um, 
how we can do that, we can do that through private donations. Because through private donations, I don't have to um, report back or give you a stipulation or, right, or right, right. I can help out whoever the hell I want to help out. I'm not going to get in trouble for no. helping Lucy's brother who came out of jail and is in a, was in a foster care system 20 years ago and is in need of help. You know why? Because that's still our Black brother. That is still someone mm-hmm. for the community. So I will still reach out a hand and help that person out. But with stipulations from certain grants, I won't be able to do that. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, I, I get that. I've been in both situations because you want to like move forward with things, but then the person's like, well, you can't because this is our rules. And that I get exactly. the rules. I get the exactly. rules. Exactly. What and that um, becomes a problem. You know, that, it that, does that, become that, a problem that, that because a problem. There's, a, there's a lot of um, <clears throat> people uh, in need, especially our black and brown people in this country. I mean, come on. Like, it is ridiculous. And then with sex work, people are so, they shame, we shame sex so hard in this country. Like, really hard in this country um that people have such a strong opinions of as to where i don't know their hundred thousand dollars is going to go to um yeah uh so it's just it's just a fascinating so with the the with bridges which is so cool uh where are you located you said the city in new jersey as well so we're, we're no we're located in new jersey um however i am from new york now living in new jersey okay um, cool so I moved, me and my husband got about going on two years now in New Jersey, and thank you. And Bridges for Life is, um, has, well, it was founded in August. So this upcoming August will be our first year. Oh, God, it's that new. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize that. Oh, great. Yeah, very new, very new. Cool. Very new. So where in New Jersey? Because I live in New Jersey as well. I live by Asbury Park. Hackensack. Oh, Hackensack. Hackensack, New Jersey. Cool. All right. Great. Jersey's a great state, so... Um, <clears throat> well, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, um, the, the, um, real quick, the way that came into play is because, you know, sometimes we know that, um, when you are an ex-drug user, um, or if you're still dealing with addiction and whatnot, you know, they always say people, places, and things, um, can be a problem, but sometimes those people, places, and things can be impossible because if you're living in a place like New York, the five boroughs is still small. The five boroughs is just the five boroughs. If you go to the Bronx, nine times out of 10, you're going to bump into somebody from Brooklyn or Queens that you know, or don't know, or whatever the case is. Or if you go to Brooklyn and Queens, the same thing, vice versa. So it's just a, it's just a literally $2.75 away for you to jump on the train and go literally from one end of New York to the other. Yeah. So, you know, so the five boroughs are still small. Sometimes for a girl to try to leave that life and to try to move on and to try to better herself, leaving the five boroughs isn't enough. You know, say moving from Brooklyn to the Bronx isn't enough. Nine times out of 10, the same dates that were feeding her drugs in Brooklyn are going to be feeding it to her in the Bronx. So, you know, sometimes it, it, you have to just get up and leave a state. Sometimes people, places and things means getting up and actually leaving the state. For sure. For sure. Yeah, because you can at least you're still bringing you, but you can at least have people, you can get out of something that you don't feel like you can get out of. And then, but you're exactly. still bringing, you are going to still be there. Of course, you have to deal exactly. with all of your lovely and beautiful and exciting and annoying the inner demons that follow you for sure. Because experiences are experiences and stories, you know, stories are stories. So um, what, uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about, uh, talk about a bit about um, your art, your artwork that's on Instagram, that I, that's how I actually saw you. I saw you post something um, for sex workers work and yes. tied up. And I saw people commenting and I was like, what, what is this? So I commented and then <laughs> um, I realized our connections anyways. So that was nice. And then what, so w- what do you do with your art and your 
your artwork through social justice. What's that all? How do you connect that? And what do you do? Tell everybody how you do all that. Because it's really- So, um, so the sex work campaign um, is pretty much a, um, a sex workers' rights campaign. Um, while we all screaming, you know, sex work is work and, you know, we all want respect and, and for it to be, you know, legalized and whatnot, we're also um, screaming we want help. We needed help, you know? So it's kind of like, um, thank you that while Manhattan has finally came up with a decision, with a decision to not leak, um, to not um, criminalize sex workers caught in doing consensual work. All right, so thank you that while I'm still struggling, to survive, what I still have to, and excuse my language, what I still have to suck peanuts to survive and to pay bills and to eat and to put food in my stomach, I no longer have to worry about you arresting me as well. Thank you. But yeah. what now? You know, do right. I, I mean does that mean that 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 you just legalize it and that's it? Because um we still have to deal with we still at risk of getting killed, getting murdered, having to deal with being harassed, having to deal with being, you know, all of this because unfortunately we don't have no rights. So um these girls are less likely to come and to the police and actually, you know, report someone that has done them wrong, you know, robbed them or whatever, you know, or or has even tried to kill them. There's so many girls that that escape from someone actually trying to kill them and murder them and they keep that to themselves. They never even go to the police and um and make a report because, you know, they they, they either embarrassed because of what's going to happen next. Um in some cases I've, I I I mean I, I've worked with girls that has been pretty much um dehumanized um right at the precinct and, and made fun of, you know, um you know, so it's like there's a lot of barriers for girls to, to move forward. So um, my campaign is pretty much to give light to the girls. Um, there's actually, I think, 12 girls now on the campaign. Um, and pretty much what we're doing is um, it's followed up with a story that's going to um, be out. It's going to launch on the 15th, actually, because we're having a sex march this Saturday, May 15th, 5 p.m. at the Christopher Street Pier, that is Pier 45 starts at 5 p.m. and we'll be marching. There'll be a lot of speakers there. If you're hearing this, please come and support and, um, and you know, and, and just help us pay homage to the girls that has lost their life um, because of sex work and whatnot. So the purpose of the campaign, like I said, again, is being followed with a story. These girls are telling their stories um, in the, in, in, uh, in a, like a documentary type setting type thing. And, and, you know, with that story, you know, of course we had a photo shoot. Um, yes, good photo you know, shoot. Nice. Yeah, you saw the photo shoot, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 nothing, you know, crazy, but you know, <laughs> sensual, sexy and whatnot. Oh, it's beautiful. No, it's beautiful. Uh, to me, uh, <laughs> well, I, 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 the older I get, the more um, sexualized I become because I like to explore things. I like to, <laughs> I like to, under, I like, you know what I mean? I like to, and we can talk about anything on here, by the way, it doesn't matter. Great, great, great. Uh, <laughs> and I like to, um, I'm actually gonna do a whole season about sex education because Good. queer, queer oh teens, God, queer teens really, really need to know about it because the reason why people get confused later on in life is because they don't have enough education growing up. They don't have kids. enough education, and right. this is exactly what I say. Um, I feel like that 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 I feel like schools should be talking about this. Schools Absolutely. should be talking about sex work because, um, to tell you the truth, like I could say that I could say that. Well. Before I say this, let me just finish saying that. Um, pretty much, so the girls will just pretty much be showcasing their story. And the, um, the reason for us showcasing the story is just to shed light to the fact that although sex work is work, it, it is the oldest profession in the world. It's one of the first professions in history. You know, um, that even though, you know, all that is said that, um, you know, this, 
only a handful of girls in the sex industry that enjoys the work they do. The rest of them wants out. If you ask a sex worker the question, um, if you can make the same amount of money working at a regular job, would you? And nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you, yes, mm-hmm. I would take that regular job. Right. You know? So, and I'm going back to the teens. Um, I say that I feel like schools should be teaching. So should be talking about this. You know why? Because um, I feel that before I even... And it's crazy. It's crazy that I'm even think. I mean, it's crazy that I'm, it's like it's not crazy. It's reality. So, the same way it happened to me, I'm sure it, ha- it has happened to many other people. I was doing sex work before I even knew I was doing sex work. Mm. Period. Mm. I was doing sex work before I even knew I was doing sex work. Before I even knew what sex work was. Before I can actually relate what I was doing with sex work. Mm-hmm. So, um. It's just easy. It's that easy to be caught up and do things for others and be and be manipulated by men and used by men because of the things that you need in life or the things that your parents can't give you or whatnot. It's easy for a teenage girl to um to, to, to you know to get involved with that Thir- at the age of 12, 13, and 14. So you gotta be speaking about this in schools because this will bring awareness to the girls, like, oh wait a minute, hold on. I, you know, I'm sitting here talking to this guy and I'm actually like following through with X, Y, and Z, um, I think that I am actually participating in sex work right now. Hold mm-hmm. on, let me take back, let me step back. Yeah. And let, me, and let me realize what the heck I'm doing. Because now you're aware. Now you're aware that there are men that are out there manipulating young girls because they just want to use you for sex. As opposed to thinking that this guy is selling you a dream and you thinking that you're Beyonce because he's telling you, oh my God, you look so sexy and he wants to take you out to eat at McDonald's and you're 13 years old falling in love with this guy and he's just trying to use you for, for, for sex. So I feel like the, the, these type of awareness needs to be brought. And school is the only place where you're going to learn them. That's it. That's because you, that's where you actually retain the most information is when you're actually younger. And then you you don't even realize you're retaining the information until a lesson has to come across your way. And you're like, Oh no, I remember learning this and and I'm I'm educated on this. So I'm going to talk about it first and not just assume everything. And like, cause you don't know what you don't know. And then until you know it, you know? So it's like, and now you'll remember, because honestly, when you're going through school, let's be real. The things you're not going to remember are your math lessons, social studies, and all that. Yes. Kind of <laughs> what you're going to remember is your experiences as a teenager. You're going to remember your experiences. You're going to remember the first time you was in that school that allowed you to go out for lunch. Absolutely. Because I remember, I think- 100%. Um, oh, I know totally okay. what you're talking about. Absolutely. I do oh, that because I remember that because we'd run down to the Dunkin' Donuts. Go to the Wendy's. Okay, exactly. You're going to remember that first time you was able to let get go out on seventh period to actually have lunch outside the school. Or skip class. Like, you remember all those moments. Yeah, like... And you're going to remember the moments of... You're going to remember all the moments of the perverted construction men that used to be at deli stores getting their lunch while you're in there trying to get little cigarettes and stuff like that to smoke real quick before going back to class. You got perverted men standing behind you trying to get lunch trying to talk to you. That's it. You remember that. You You remember remember that. that. So what are you going to do with that memory later on if if you don't have the education behind the thing to back you up later on? So you have to to educate those moments. Oh my God, you're doing something wonderful with this podcast. I love you. This is Uh, amazing. This is really education. This is really, this is really, um, you know, information that the whole world needs to hear because um, it is true. It, it yeah. needs to be brought up in schools. It needs to be taught parents. I'll if never stop. Parent, doing it. I can't ever stop doing this because it it's not talked enough. We shame things so much 
and this I'm just going to talk about America because let's not talk about the okay. world. <laughs> in America, we shamed we shame things so much. I mean, I had a kid. I have a kid. He's not a kid. I shouldn't say that. He's an, he's a young adult now. He's a young adult. He created his um, uh, health education program for LGBT people and teaches it as a high school student, a senior to freshmen about wow. LGBT sex and all the different things that come along Amazing. with sex. And, yeah, and they created it and like they're only 18. And Amazing. so, and it's in like a, basically a all white school, Catholic school. Wow. So, you know what I mean? Like, so the work is being done. Their queer youth leaders are coming up. I mean, they are. There's a lot more than we ever knew when we were kids. Um, yes, yes. Because of social media and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're so, I mean, your energy comes through. The other reason why, and I tell this to the people, I, why I have guests on um, like your fabulous self is because it's not just, there's a certain um, energy that you can, I only feel energy. I only understand energy. I, I have a hard time sometimes with it because yes. it's too much of it sometimes, but, um, and some people are fucking assholes. And so yes, I have yes, a good time yes. with that, but your energy jumps through as light and that's why I wanted to talk with you. And you even said something in regards to that. You're like, oh, I was thinking the same thing and it just connected. So like, I just want to acknowledge that presence. And we don't even, we haven't even met in real life. I mean, yeah, I don't know yeah. if we met. I did go to one of uh, Queen's rallies. It was like the first time they held a ball outside over on the piers. I don't, oh I don't know if you God, were there no. or not. I probably was there. I was there. Um, it was a I really busy COVID time still too. So <laughs> like okay, yeah, they had yeah. a huge panel discussion and it was uh beautiful. Yes, and then we had like a ball after that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I was actually one of the panelists, yes. Oh, you yes, were. I was yes, I was you the were. one I was the panelist with the Dominican um mask. Yes, you were. Yes. Oh my God, I have yes. a video of you. I don't know. Any, well, you know what? There was a lot of people there. So fine. That's okay. There was a lot um, of people there. That was a great panel discussion. It was actually. an amazing. I caught some of that from the podcast because I'm obsessed with Queen and that's and I just found them through social media. Uh, and every amazing. Thursday, they're doing the, the Lord's work, really. <laughs> I yes, mean, come yes, on. Yes, yes, um, yes. So it's, 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 it's great. Um, yeah. Okay. So you, you're setting up the world to success because that's what you're doing. And I think it's fantastic. So Great. tell, so what is a fantastical moment for you? So I know you see a lot of hardship. I understand that. Mm. But what is actually a fantastical moment for you that comes up with the work that you're doing? Like, can something, does something stand up if you want to talk about it? Um, well, the last, the last thing that stands up is that um, Lexi Fox, um, which is um, a friend of mine now, friend of course, someone I met. Um, that when I met Lexi, Lexi was Lexi and Jane. These are two people, two individuals that bring that brings me joy to the work that I do. Um, Lexi and Jane were both very quiet, very into themselves, very um, very shy, very depressed, very sad you know, um, and, and, and often, you know, isolated themselves from the world. When I met them, there was very much that for a while. Um, through the work that I provided to them, 
Um, and just and just me being me because sometimes um, I feel like it's not even work. It's just I'm just being me, and I'm just you know you, you call me, you speak to me, and I'm giving you um, whatever we're speaking. And that, well, that's the power. That, that's the power you know, in what you do. You know, and, you don't and, have to and, think and, about and, it. You're and, doing it. It turns into like a counselor. It turns into like a counseling session. That's but it. it is, but it isn't really a counseling session. It's just me <laughs> talking. Right. So right. you know, through through me being me. Um, I've been able to, um, to uplift them, build them up. Oh my God! And um, oh, Lexi, Lexi is involved in this march every Thursday now. Mm-hmm. Lexi um, had came out her shelf, had did the um, the same eight weeks program that I was um, that I was talking about with the Alliance for Positive Change. Um, she completed that. She graduated. Um, you know, she has been. Oh my God! Just keeping me so so enthusiastic with her, and and, and so proud of her that that she has came out of her shell and become a total different person. Yesterday I was talking to her and I was like, what in the hell? What the heck the Alliance done created already? And this is just literally, they only had her for like three, four months. And the, her speech, the way she was talking to me, it was just like, whoa, wow. you go, Lexi. I was so proud. I was so proud. So those moments, seeing Jade, um, you know, being able to, 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 to grab a microphone and speak in public and those moments, it's like, okay, I can look back and say like, okay, I did that. Yeah. yeah. yeah did. Like, you know, um, not only am I helping people through, through their tears and giving them a shoulder to cry on, but I'm actually seeing them uplift themselves and go from point A to point B. And, um, you know, those moments from when I, from when I was young, when I was homeless, when I was going through, what I was going through the same feeling. Oh my God. I feel like I'm getting emotional. The same feeling that I got when I first had my first apartment, when I first got my keys from being homeless, from sleeping in the street, from literally sleeping under these train stations. And Oh my God, mm. that same feeling that I had of happiness, and like, oh my God, I finally did it, was the same feeling that I had with someone else named Alani. Um, Alani was down and out and, and she just told her story. As a matter of fact, on the, um, on the documentary that we have for the, for the sex workers, right? Um, she tells her story there and she's amazed. She comes out about her HIV status and, you know, all of this would not be happening had she not met someone that can be able to uplift her and show her the way and show her that girl, you're not alone. And it's okay if you're not from New York and where your sisters and where your family and here you go and, and do this and do that or call here, call there, or you should do this or you should try out this. You know, um, she was homeless. And when she got her apartment and her keys and just to see her so happy and so, oh my God, and calling me like, oh my God. And I remember she FaceTimed me like, look, and showing me around and everything. It was that same feeling that I had when I was homeless. It made me feel like like I was there with her. It made me feel like I was the homeless one that was getting out apartment. That made me feel good. Being able yeah. to, to share that moment, to help someone feel that same feeling I felt. That was amazing. Well, it's powerful. I mean, it's power. And like what happens is not only did does that happen, but okay, so they're all uplifted. They're getting their apartments, which housing is a huge thing. We know that like that makes you feel responsible and powerful and strong and like you're independent. So once they're getting in their groove, they're going to also do the same thing. And so they're going to meet someone. They're going to start talking to that person. Exactly. And and it's this powerful ripple effect that a lot of people, mostly white cisgendered men are scared of. um, Yeah. Because 
uh, there's so much more strength and, uh, and humility in that moment because of the story that has, be, that was that person's life, your life, anyone's life. Like there's so much, that's what creates this massive wave of um, acceptance and love and like the willingness to like really dive in to um, existing as an actual human as opposed to just ignoring other human beings around you and just pushing them off like they don't exist. But you, we don't have room for that. So that's the only thing we know. So that's the only way we're gonna do it. So therefore the ripple effect is massive and it reaches globally. And it might not seem like that because we'll obviously never know all the stories, but um, <laughs> this is impossible. Uh, yeah. But we know the stories within our community and our groups, our friends yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and we continue to, one thing I think people continue to do uh, that I would like them to continue to do and, and specifically our community um, is that just because one just don't this kind of goes back to funding actually like don't don't just stop with our community because everybody actually wants to be a part of our community because we're the best community in the world but um but make sure that we're having integrity around it as well and i think we have a we have a hard time with that uh especially lgbt and like and then the trans like we just have a hard time letting anyone in because i understand listen there's been a lot of hardship and there's still yes. I mean, just recently, um, a 20-year-old out um, Middle Eastern individual was beheaded by his family. You know what I mean? Because he was getting oh on yes. yeah. So you know what I mean? Like, it's there's still these crazy incidents. It's today I was called up. I was told I was molested by men because I'm gay online. So there's still these things that go on. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, you know. Yeah. Still but- a lot of ignorance. But we have to keep our integrity and I think we do. I mean, I just, but I, it's just, uh, but going literally back to seeing how beautiful people are in your life and how successful they're becoming. It's just this beautiful ripple effect that we have to just continue to do with integrity yeah. also around us. So we know that um, we're doing it together as humans. Sorry, I said a lot of stuff, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm so excited because I just think, I think it's, uh, it's shedding a lot of light right now. And there's a lot of darkness that we're trying to compete Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, especially over like right now in Palestine, what's going on. And then here in the States and just because Joe Biden and Kamala are elected doesn't mean the work stops, you know, and I think people get kind of no, I, definitely I not. Where people get confused by that, they really do. I was like, if it didn't stop when Obama was here, honey, no, but we think it's gonna stop now. Trust I me. mean, listen, we we're like, it's just yeah. Oh, I love those stories, and I love all the work that you're doing. It's just like, just so. What does your what does your hubby do? So my husband works for a moving company. Okay. So he, cool. he he wants to have he wants to have his own, which that's what he's um trying to go for now because unfortunately, you know, that kind of job just wears you out. Yeah, it's tiring. Um, yeah, that's tiring. I was like, uh babe, you know, are you gonna be doing this when you're like 60? <laughs> it's true, it's <laughs> hard. Like, no. Nah, I'm like, there. you know, he's a very smart man, but he doesn't really think too much about the future. He's like a, a now type of guy. Like, listen, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And I'm more on the side like, okay, you know, I like that concept because that concept keeps, gives you a clear mind and keeps you away from stress. Sure, absolutely. But you do have to, you know, kind of plan for the future a little. Yeah. We don't want to consider, consider the, the future. 70, I don't want to have to be helping no. my husband talk about I'm his secretary at the age of 70. I'm like, no. 
no, no. Oh, so that would be good, though. I mean, he's done it for a while, so he could then become his own boss and manager and tell exactly, all those, yeah. those youngins to do all the hard work. Exactly, um, yes, yes. Which is okay. I know it's hard to accept sometimes, but it's okay to let that go and let them yes. do the grunt work. I get yes, it. Yes, yes. We get caught up in our <laughs> egos and our love for what we do or whatever it is. And be like, you can let people do other stuff for you. You don't need to do it. Yes, exactly. Yes. Please, please. So do you, um, that, I think that's fantastic. And I, I love it. And I, um, how did you guys meet? So we met in Yonkers. It's crazy. Oh my God. I love the fact that you asked me this. <laughs> Amazing. Because it ties into sex work. Oh, great. So, um, it's crazy because I never told the story and um, the first time I was trying to tell it was at the march, but I'm going to say it now. There you so, go. So um, I met my husband when I was 16. I'm oh, 38 wow. years old now. What? So um, I met him when I was 16. And so when we met, we met on the chat line. I don't know if you heard of the chat line. So um, back then, I think it was called the Brooklyn Raven. They even had the Bronx. Um, whatever the Bronx, but I remember the Brooklyn Raven more. But <laughs> I mean, I was in all those chat things too. I, I was obsessed. Okay, with so you and that's when that's for us. That's when that's when it was yeah. new. It was new. It was like new. You could chat. You could possibly video. Yes, like, it was. It was new. Well, back then we, you know, it wasn't the, the videos wasn't involved yet. But you know, it was just the the um the phone, and you know, you press um whatever press, press four to keep going or whatever. Oh yeah, to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're just curious so, beings, that's all. Yes, mm. and you can go live with them and actually right. So when that first uh, came out, when that first came out, I was all up in there. Yes, I was. Heck yeah. So yes, I was. And that's where I got my training from to be a phone sex operator. Because after um after a while I left the street work to be um to do phone sex work, um, which of course is, is much healthier and um and you know, less risky for the women out there that are street working. You yeah, know, you just being your PJs and just hitting it and having it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so if you know, if, if there's anybody out there listening that um, wants to get involved with sex, um, phone sex work, you know, you can um, follow me, Tatiana underscore Infinity. Message me, and I will hook you up. You know, um, I definitely strive on trying to help girls leave street work, survival street work, and do more phone sex work because you can literally get paid the same amount of money. I get, I, I charge motherfuckers. Three ninety nine a minute. Yes. <laughs> so want to go for a while. Know. So and that's what and that's just what I get. What I'm lucky for to yeah. get because I see um, other women in there that charges ten dollars a minute and they get it. You know. So I mean, all right. At the end of the day, um, that's how I was at. So you know, I used to go on the chat line um, pretty much and and you know practice my sex work and all that stuff. And and I spoke to him, my husband, wow. and I remember the first time that he. Um, Got the first thing when we started talking, he was like, you're not on here selling your body, right? And I was so embarrassed when he said that. When he said that, I was like, no. And I'm like, crazy. You know what, I mean? no. like, <laughs> what are you talking oh, about? Me? What are you Please. talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> Mind you, the thing was that I really still hadn't done it. I went there okay. for those reasons. Yeah. I went there for those reasons and I still hadn't had my first date, my first client or nothing. But the first conversation I had with him, it was that. And it was just like, no. And, it, and, and that kind of like threw me back a little bit like oh no I cannot start doing this first off it came to my mind as a secret hearing somebody asking me if I'm on there doing that so I was like oh my god so I couldn't you know 
blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not on here doing this or whatever, whatnot. Um, I'm on here, you know, to get to know somebody. And we talked and whatnot. Um, I think a week later, we met. We hung out. Then oh. whatever, a couple of days after that, we met again. And, you know, and, you know, kept hanging out and eventually had sex and everything like that or whatever. And now, as I wasn't charging him for sex, but I was definitely making sure that when he left to get on that train, and left to leave me that he was leaving me at least $40, 50 And I used to call it like, you know, can I get some pocket money? And I used to be like, you know, just whatever. You know, uh, I didn't have a job at the, at back then. So <laughs> yes, in my so in my head, I was street working. I was doing sex work. Right. In his head, he was literally just looking out for his girlfriend. <laughs> so you get what I mean? So yeah. it was just kind of like, um, as a transgender female, I was still, I was young, I was 16. So I was still, you know what I'm saying? I was still living as a boy. Um, I still mm. de- didn't even start taking um, hormones to start transitioning. But I was always so feminine. I was a little chubby. So I always had a little breast. It was easy for me to make myself look like a girl and then go back to normal. So, um, so that's pretty much what I was doing with him. And, you know, he would come or whatever, whatnot. And that went on for like, two, three years. And then I moved to the Dominican Republic with my parents or whatnot. Um, you know, I lost that apartment or whatever. Like I said, I didn't have a job, so I couldn't keep up with the bills and um, I ended up losing it. I was 16 years old with my own apartment. Wow. Um, so we went, um, went to the Dominican Republic. I, I, you know, I moved to the Dominican Republic. My parents moved to the Dominican Republic pretty much and told me before they left, like, listen, we know you don't want to come with us and we're not going to force you. We're not going to force you to come with us, but you're not going to force us to stay here. We do not want to be here no more, and we want to live the rest of our life in the Dominican Republic. And we're going to leave. We're grabbing your sister, and we're leaving. You want to stay here? Fine. We're going to find you an apartment. We're going to pay two months of rent, and you're on your own. If you ever need food, if you ever need anything from us, do not call us. They said, if you feel that you cannot make it on your own and that you want our support and you need to come back to live with us, then you call us and we'll send you a plane ticket. That's the most we'll do for you. They didn't want me in New York. So, Ah. um, you know, I pretty much took the, the, you know, took the the teenage way out. Like, all right, yeah. And just went through all my struggles and all my stress and whatnot, right? And finally, when I couldn't do it no more, I went back home with mama. So I left to the Dominican Public and I was out there for, um, I would say probably like four or five years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was out there for like four or five years. Then came back. Um, when when I came back to to New York, I bumped back into, you know, we lost contact, obviously, when I when when, when I left the Dominican Republic. I never um, took him serious, which he never took me serious either, because like I said, I was just cross-dressing at the time. Um, clearly, he was using me for sex. <laughs> clearly, he was just using me for sex. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I was just using him to try to get by. And, um, and you know, and, and just to have that little boyfriend experience, I guess, type of thing. And, um, and you know, we pretty much lost, lost contact with each other. When I got back to New York, um, I remember I was in the Bronx one day and I was in the store and he walked in the store and immediately I was like, oh my God, I kind of know him. He, we locked eyes and kind of looked at each other like, hey, we look familiar, you know, and, you know, we started talking. Well, I started telling him like, oh my God, um, yes, um, you know, I know you and telling him stories and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, great. You know, we exchanged numbers and everything again, whatever, hooked up, look, did the Shawan bam. <laughs> mm-hmm. the sword, babe, got hooked up in love again and all this time he had me thinking that he remembered who I was which he didn't three months later he calls me from work on his lunch break crying in tears and I'm like what the heck what's wrong with you 
And he's like, oh my God, babe, I remember you. I remember you. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, wait, you didn't tell you lied to me? <laughs> wow. Like, you <laughs> Three months? Like, you done lied to me to get into my pants? You know, typical man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Typical man, Seriously. right? Typical man. So he done lied to get into my pants and stuff. After he done fell all in love and stuff, and started, I guess, flashbacks started coming up and he started remembering and he started you know telling me stories and i'm like oh my god he really does remember it oh my god he really didn't know i was shocked both ways so i was just like oh god all right so fine we crossed that barrier and we've been together ever since um literally like and 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 that's been my heart ever since my husband um he's an amazing person never really cared so much about what people thought about him um his kids never helped me back from his kids introduced me to his kids introduced me to both his baby mamas um i done got acquainted with both of them and had arguments with both of them yeah <laughs> you know the whole baby mama drama thing of course and um but you know um i respect that in a man that is able to move forward with his life no matter him having prior kids or prior wives or prior baby mamas or whatever and yeah. just not allowing that to shy away from and hide like he has been there for me like oh my god ups and down we just celebrated our five-year um anniversary so we've been married for five years now we've renewed our vows and um, oh yeah congrats That's yeah great. we renewed our vows at uh, washington square park on the 17th of april that was huge it was big so many people there and just the speech that he gave was just amazing you know um we need more cisgender black men like that in the world yeah, that just doesn't I mean, really care and show their love unconditionally yeah. by trans women. We'll talk about a talk about well, this is a whole different topic, but like talk about a a poisonous um, yes. upbringing for a lot of them because of this Definitely. whole misogynistic approach to things. I mean, you because you told me you went to the Dominican Republic, and I was like, you stayed there, like not it's not like a, I'm not like this in the country, but like let's be real, like the the, the fa- you know facts are facts, and uh, yes. it's, it's a gorgeous place, but it's it's not like you know you know. It's not, it's not all that. There's no pride. There's no pride parades in the Dominican Republic. Let's put it. Yeah, there's no pride parades. Exactly. There's no Um, pride parades there. There things are shifting down um, uh, throughout those Caribbean islands. Like Jamaica actually has an amazing uh, organization for LGBTQ plus people. Um, They actually do do pride things, but you can still get shot. I mean, like there's lots of stories still. So um it's a it's a crazy thing but that is a very cool story that is a you could put that in a fucking book that is an amazing story (laughs) you didn't even tell the whole thing so that's cool and i and um but i just you know i value your work i value you as a human being and i'm glad we really got to connect and have this conversation um where everything is picking back up and we're i'm gonna i'm gonna truly hold um, a lot of these other panels and discussions because I like to do live podcasting too. So I like to grab love everybody it. in one room and and, really, and continue the conversations and create the safe space. And um, yeah. you know, I mean, Queen Queen when I got connected, like, completely inspired me to even move forward. Just they don't even know this, but they because of <laughs> the, the words they use. I, the words, yeah. I, I resonate that. with language so strongly. I mean, I know we all do, but I because the words are shifted away from. Yes. pulling people down but 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 then lift really lifting them up in ways and just taking a, a huge stand and but every thursday like i don't even know why this is the stuff that should be worldwide known i'm like ev- come on like this is it that, that that's the message that's news right that's exactly. news 
This is happening because it's happening and it's, and it's actually creating change and creating people awareness and putting your, putting them, making people feel uncomfortable, which I love to do because it's the only way people are going to actually fucking listen um, is to make them, why did you feel uncomfortable? And let's get down to why you felt uncomfortable because it's, I'm not actually being mean to you. I'm just telling you the facts. And I want you to know that like, you have to understand that you're not the only person in this world. <laughs> there are so many exactly. types of people. Um, exactly, we, exactly. Listen. Forever and ever and ever when we've existed since the dawn of time. So whatever. You, yes, yes. Um, well, I'm glad that they have been able to encourage you because listen, one thing that is real and the reality behind everything is that we all have privileges, no matter who we are. We have privileges. Even as a um, even as a um as a homeless person, and I literally mean the homeless people that are literally um, not bathing in weeks and are literally underneath the train stations with swollen feet and even they got privileges. They got a privilege to be there because guess what? Nobody walks by and bothers them and tell them to get up. That's their privilege, right? They, they, they sit there. We all have privilege. We all have privilege. And your privilege is to be heard from the teen community. And and and, and yes, move forward and, and don't stop. And that's amazing that um that the Stonewall movement was able to encourage you to move forward because definitely um use your privilege. Just like um I make sure I sit in every table that I can sit at because I know that my privilege is the fact that I'm passable, the fact that um I can sit in a table and, and go through a whole interview without um being looked at funny i'm a little easier on the eye but hey my sister my siblings that's seven feet tall with muscular shoulders okay. can't sit at a freaking interview without having the person um focus uh, being able to focus on what they have to bring to the table without looking at their broad shoulders arms or or the hair on their chest or or looking at the um what they got on or, or why does this person right. have a spaghetti street spring on you right. know it it, it just so us knowing we got to know our privilege and we have to adapt and and, and, and move forward and, and, and get those services because even um even as students teenagers if you're listening teenagers all the teens out there you have a privilege too the privileges that you have parents parents that can listen to you whether they're your foster parents whether they're your chosen parents you have parents you sit there and if those parents are um less um nonetheless um races or 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 saying things that make you feel uncomfortable or saying things about the black community or the lgbt community you have the right it is your duty to teach them and to speak to them and to try to encourage them that we are in a different time and that things have to be looked at different it's just like um you know ev everything everything evolves and everything needs changed like right now if i always said if there was one day in the world where every single person in this world has to stay home, there wouldn't be enough parking spaces for all the cars in the world. Mm. Like, you know, so these are all things that that, that mean something, matters, and, and we all have our privileges and we got to adapt to them and we have to, you know, enforce, enforce our privilege and educate, educate others because ain't nobody coming for us. Ain't nobody coming for us. Well, that's We're the it. only people that are going to be educating <clears throat> us about the real work because right. schools are not doing it. The schools, you know what the schools did to me? The schools wasted my time teaching me about a man that was sitting there kicking in my ancestors' head in, raping them and killing and molesting the children. Yeah. That's who I learned from. That's who I learned about, Christopher Columbus. Right. 
Well, yeah. And that's, and then, and you know, what's so funny. I usually ask my guests some words of wisdom and you literally just did that. So <laughs> I usually, <laughs> I usually like want them to say something for, for, the, for the, the queer teens, but you did it all. And one thing I will say, uh, I've interviewed a, an amazing human called uh, named Reverend Naomi Washington uh, Leapart. She's based in Philadelphia. And um, the one thing she said to me is like, the one thing we forget too is like if you're going to be kicked out of your house by your parents because you are being your true self um we have to remember to give the time of mourning of of the loss of the living and i never thought of it that way and she's like yeah we have to let understand that they're gonna have to mourn the loss of the living they're gonna have to mourn that their parents do not want them so yes we we need to be the we need to then bring them over here and, and show them. And this goes back to you saying, um, you know, someone is there for you, like your chosen family or- Someone um, is Possibly an, an aunt or an uncle, anyone in your family, yes. someone's gonna always be there for you. And I know it doesn't seem that way sometimes. I get it, I get it, I get it. It but, doesn't, it doesn't. Cause even um, when, even us that were, even when we had like, like me, my brothers and my sisters never turned their backs on me. My, my, my mother never turned their back on me, but somehow because I'm trans and because I always felt like I wasn't accepted by the world, I always replicated that and pushed that over on them too. Like, oh, you guys don't love me. Oh, you guys don't love me that yeah. much or whatever, or any little thing, you know, we, 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 we fall back to that. We do. And rightly so, we're human. Exactly. And, you know, and that's it. And um, well, I'm going to wrap this up. And uh, what I liked, well, you already gave words of wisdom. <laughs> so, yes. uh, which I love. You just literally took it out of my, my question out of my brain <laughs> into the podcast. But where can everyone find you? All the places they can possibly find you. All the places they can finally find you. Okay. Um, first, let me give. Shout outs to Instagram because Instagram is where I get the most love at. <laughs> yes. So that's Tatiana underscore infinity. That's T-A-H-T-I-A-N-N-A underscore infinity. Um, and it's a, ba- a black and white picture um, with a microphone. Um, that is my social media handles. You can also follow Bridges for Life at Bridges for underscore life. That as that you can follow um, them on Twitter, um, follow us on Facebook, which is at Bridges for Life altogether. The word Bridges, the the number four, and the word Life altogether. And last but not least, follow um, our website, which is www.bridges dash the number four dash the word Life dot com. We um you know. The, the, the website has just recently been up. We encourage people to become members, um, go to our Patreon. Also, um, you can actually skip all that and just go straight to Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash bridges for life altogether. Um, listen, I feel that when it comes to, to donating and to trying to help someone out, sometimes we get stuck and we don't know what to do. We don't know how to help. We don't, we don't know. Right. And, and it all comes from, it all stems from our upbringings, right? When we, when, when our parents used to go to someone's baby shower, what we always heard, oh, we're not going over there because we don't got a gift, you know, or, oh, we, um, um, we're going over there for only for about an hour or two, because, you know, we only got a little small gift. Or I was only able to give her um, a birthday card, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is. So we was always taught to like, always come to the table with something. So sometimes donating $20 makes you feel like, oh my God, is this too cheesy? Or somebody else going to look at me I and think of it that way. I never thought of it that way. Oh my God. And people, people do think yeah. of, 
people do think about it like that. And then they rather, they prefer to give 200 or whatnot. So they're like, oh, no, you know what? I'd rather just give them 200. Let me wait for payday. But then payday comes and then this bill just came from left to right. And now yeah. you can't do that. And, well, right, and then ultimately you never end up donating or helping. I, I look at it like this. We have three tiers. Tier number one is only $3 a month. Tier number two is only $5 a month. Tier number three is only $10 a month. I calculated that if I was to have a thousand people that can donate $10 a month to Bridges for Life, which is a simple $10 that people usually pay for Netflix, Hulu, and all this other crap that they barely even see or use, if you can donate to Bridges for Life $10 a month, that is $10,000 that I can help at least 10 different girls in the organization with $1,000 each. $1,000 will get a sex worker out of the streets for at least a week or two. In that week or two, they can learn so much thing like educational webinars, yep. work on um, job readiness, um, you know, fly, uh, you know, uh, resume or, or just all of these things that they can learn that they can't possibly do because they also got to, always have the pressure of having to do survival sex work to survive and put food in their stomach. Because we all know that if you're on food stamps, $192 a month ain't crap. And that, the, and that literally Jeez. goes on the train in less than three, four days. So the help that's out there, that's given out there, is really no help. And these girls are literally still out there trying to reach, trying to help, trying to get a standing. Um, I feel that everybody needs help. But the trans community and the transgender kids, people that are in foster care system, are they need all of the help and attention that your kids need times 10. So we all need to put our hands in and help out. We all, it is our duty. It is all of our duty to help the community. We are the community. No one else coming for us. So please help open up your wallets, whatever you can. Every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. And you can follow, follow what I do with the money that I get from my community. I raffle out money every week for girls. I get receipts. I help them out with, you know, whatever bills that they need help with. And, and you know, um, this money goes a long way. And ultimately, um, what I'm trying to do, of course, is provide the community with a big building that I can house at least 200 TGNC folks for free. And hopefully with all the donations that I'm getting through privately, donors and whatnot, I can pay all of the expenses of that building and I can have my community literally live there for two years, free of charge, learn everything they need to learn to just move forward and never have to turn back. That's my dream for Bridges for Life. Please help me achieve that. Truly, truly an amazing human being. Oh, Tatiana, I mean, that's how you do it, folks. That is the way to do it. That's God's work, or whomever you believe in, or whatever you want to call it. That is what it is. Uh, it's for real. Go find Bridges, the number four, life.org, bridgesforlife.org. Um, this is previously recorded, of course, so obviously that date has passed for the event that Tatiana spoke about. However, on July 4th, there is going to be, and I want to tell you exactly what it is, there's going to be an event held in uh new york a city that uh so every thursday they're still marching in the streets and doing their thing queen's doing it um but you can go to trans dependence day ball um look it up it's not hard to find it's on july 4th at the christopher street pier in new york city cash prizes gucci shoes rattle give raffle giveaway Size 10, trophies and more. I'm just reading off of the... Join us as we celebrate and uplift the trans community while rejecting the American patriotism, 
patriotism commonly associated with July 4th. I agree with that. I don't freaking care about July 4th. Just do it. Show up, folks. Make a podcast. Put it on social media. But you have to pay attention and take action. Of course, I want to thank my honest sponsor, Michael Jacob Rouskitz, and all of my Patreons. Definitely become a patron if you can. If you made it this far, you know where to send the money. Patreon.com forward slash Queer Teen Podcast. $5 goes a long way, and I can continue to have these amazing, well-rounded conversations with these glorious human beings. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.